This is Rob Tebbett for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted to be joined by Shane McGuigan. It is Akoli Hawachi or Hawachi, or don't, we've been trying to pronounce the actual Polish pronunciation of Christoph Glavatsky Fight Week. We're in the bubble. How are you, Shane? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Nice to be in the bubble. Um, yeah, excited about Saturday night. Obviously, got the three lads on. So, buzzing, mate. Busy week for you. Um, three fighters on the card. Three out of five or six fights um, on the card. When it's like that, do you prefer that? Do you prefer kind of being busy? What kind of different obstacles does that throw up for a trainer when you're so busy on one card? Not really. I mean, it, it, uh, it's not ideal, to be honest. Um, but at the same time, it's good to get all three lads out, especially in the, the current uh, state that boxing's in. Obviously, there's not as many shows. So, yeah, we, we um, they all get a chance to train together. They've all got a chance to peak as it were, together, coming to the bubble. It's Barry McGuigan's gym, and you're in here as well, so it's Barry McGuigan's gym, Team McGuigan gym in the bubble. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good, mate. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's nice to um, to have all the lads bouncing off each other. It's going to be busy for me. Hopefully, um, we have enough time. I'm going to get in there nice and early. I'm going to tape, tape probably two sets of hands up, and then um, there'll probably be, I think, Cutler, versus Ray starting. I think CBS will probably be televised, first televised fight. There'll be a fight in between, foul out of fight in between, and then obviously Lawrence. So um, just got to work out how, how to schedule it all and make sure that everyone um, yeah has adequate time. But to be honest, most days we spar normally either Mondays and Thursdays or Tuesdays and Thursdays. And it's pretty similar. Everyone gets taped up around the same time, hangs around, chills, and then, all right, you're in. You know, you do your six, eight rounds, sometimes 10, 12, 10, 12 rounds or whatever. And um, yeah, and it's very much like that anyway. So <laughs> it's like a normal sparring day in McGuigan's gym, except um, live on Sky Sports and own Global. When stuff, uh, nice plug there for the uh, broadcasters, uh, shout out Dazone Global. <laughs> um, I know that you, it's kind of happened before when you've had when you've had George and you've had Comrade Cummings on the same card. How important is it for, yeah. for the fighters to focus on their own fights and, and not necessarily worry about what the stablemates are doing? Oh yeah, I mean Comrade lost and then obviously George was boxing a bit later so it's, it's, a, it, it's a different, I mean, it's a different one. It's like we're, we've got three hard fights obviously. Glavotsky is the hardest one of the lot, but Fatih is not an easy fight for Fowler, and uh, Dukar is definitely not an easy fight for CBS. I know he's nine and three with with one, but he lost to Kevin Lorena. He's lost to Igorov, yeah, Igorov, uh, Egorov, and uh, he lost earlier on in his career. So um, you know he's got nine wins and eight knockouts. So that's a hard fight for us to to start with, and you know. Um, can sometimes sway the mood in the, in the change rooms, but um, if someone doesn't box well or, or whatever, but everyone's pretty, yeah, like everyone can, yeah. It's a it's a, it's a team environment, but it's an individual sport, and and they can just concentrate with the job at hand. And uh, I'll be doing little shuttle runs, but I think you know as long as everyone gets proper warmed up and they all know the game plan, I'll run through it individually with with them. Um, and I have a team of people around me that will keep other people happy as well when other people are boxing so it's uh, it's all going to run smooth just picking up there uh, you mentioned Chris Billum-Smith in a, a difficult fight against Vasil Dukar um, yeah. 
it's been waiting for a long time to see what's the situation with Dion Juma. We've spoken about it on several occasions. How did you end up on Vasil Dukar? Um, by having to pick an opponent with a very small time frame. So uh, a lot of people in, in the UK were offered it, but obviously it doesn't fit with their schedule. Um, I know that, you know, people haven't... It's been, it's been hard for fighters to motivate themselves to train with nothing in sight. So a lot of them weren't ready. So we went to the European sort of fighters and tried to see who's out there, who's up for a fight. And um, we, yeah, we we stumble across uh, Basil Dukar. And I think he boxed in December, I think it was, uh, like last year. So he's, he's, you know, he's had one. They both had one fight last year, so in 2020, and they're ready to go. How dangerous of a fight is it? You mentioned the fact that he, you know, went the distance with Alexei Egorov, rather, Egorov, Egorov, Pesar, who we've seen over there on these shores before against David Price, and of course knocked out um, Craig Glover. So he, he knocked him out in three rounds. Um, how dangerous a fight is this, and how important is it for Chris to not be distracted by British title, potential European title fight against Tommy McCarthy down the line? Yeah, I mean it, it's it's um, it's definitely a, a hard fight, and with three losses on the on the record, it's one fight. That you think, oh, it's, it's quite easy to write this guy off, but Chris knows the task at hand. If he if Chris was saying, "Oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to smash him," and then I would feel quite worried. But the fact that he knows that he's a hard nut, he's been in K1 before, I think it is, and and um, Muay Thai. So those guys are normally pretty damn tough and robust. Uh, he's got decent power because um, he knocked, you know, he knocked out Nick Parper, who's a Southern Area champ. He knocked him out in two rounds. So um, yeah, I mean, he's got nine wins, eight knockouts. So it's just one of these fights that you need to make sure you're switched on for. But Chris is looking really good in the gym, and just need to go out there on a Saturday and just uh, be clever, get behind the jab, win the round. It's ten rounds. He's got plenty of time to to sort of build into it um but yeah just don't get caught slacking and a situation with the british title because of course that was supposed to be the fight for him the next fight for him uh dion juma is the mandatory for that uh we don't really know or don't really have any clear indication as to what the situation is with dion juma mm. is that going to be the kind of plan for after this fight we've mentioned the tommy mccarthy fight for the european title where are you standing with that well we're now not in line to fight for the british title because mm. i think tommy mccarthy uh, because um, Dion Juma is mandatory, but I'm not too sure where he is in his position. And you know, I've heard a few rumours that his eyes are a lot worse than than, it, than what he's sort of making out. And we'll just have to let up, you know, let the board rule on that. Um, I understand where Dion's at. I understand that he's boxed um, high to get into the position, and he obviously wants his. His shot at it. He wanted to fight Reactpool. Reactpool vacated. Now it's obviously become vacant, and he really wants that 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 fight. But if you've got a detached retina, and your eye is not right, and your health and eyesight is going to be in danger, then don't hold up other people's career because you're sort of hoping and wishing for a, a thing that might not ever happen. Um, and you know, I hope that his eye is okay, but I would hate for him to try and, yeah. Make up, you know, like risk it and and go in and and uh, and get severely severely damaged. So, but you know, it would be nice for Chris to 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 win a to win a British title before going for the European. But Tommy McCarthy's a fight that is more than winnable fight, and um, you know, it's uh, it's a fight that 
that we would definitely be going after. I think he's he's got an opponent now, but if the British title fight can't be made, I think we'll go straight for that. Moving on, you mentioned Anthony Fowler um, boxing Jorge Fortea. Um, how difficult a fight is that for him? Of course, 154 pound domestically is really thriving. There's, yeah. we saw Ammo Williams, admittedly he's not 154 pounder, but there's been oh, back and forth with him. Yeah. Um, we saw him in action this past weekend. Where does a forte rank with kind of the domestic scene and where does this lead for Anthony Fowler? Domestic, I think Forteas would be a hard fight for it. Ted Cheeseman wouldn't box him. Um, the likes of Sam Magnuson definitely wouldn't, wouldn't be crying out to box Forteo. He's slippery. Um, yeah, he's he's very skilled. Uh, so, I I think it's a step above British level. British level, to be honest. I mean, he went, I think he went ten or twelve rounds with the IBF number two in his last in his last fight. So, or not his last fight, the fight before the last, I think. So, um, you know, he's IBF number fourteen gets us into the IBF rankings. Anthony is um, he's ranked in all the other governing bodies. So, this is the last one to get ourselves into. And, you know, with Charlo, he's got to hold three of the four belts, but it's very hard to keep governing bodies happy with your mandatories, as we know. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I think in time, something might become vacant, and that's when we need to be in the right position to crack on. Um, and we're not going to go and sit around looking for a Scott Fitzgerald fight or or whatever. I, I, I want Anthony just to, to win on Saturday night, put on a good put on a good show. It's a great fight for us stylistically to then go into the Sergio Garcia fight. Um potentially like to get that one next. Obviously we've got a big fight on Saturday night, but if we if we win come through that, I'd like that fight afterwards. Eddie's banging on about trying to get the Fitzgerald fight in July. Not too sure. Not sure if it's gonna happen. Um uh, and you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold Anthony's career up to to wait around and and um, and just wait on a fight that they, this guy can't motivate himself and can't get himself on the straight and narrow. I mean, like it, it, his career doesn't it's not going to be defined by a loss, uh, a close points decision loss to Scott Fitzgerald. So, um, but we got a lot we've got a lot to to do with Anthony. I mean, he's um, he needs to show people and showcase what he's really about from what I see in the gym all the time. I'm really excited about him. You know, I'm really excited about his progression, his 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 character, um, and you know his dedication towards the sport is like, is amazing. So, um, I want him to fulfil what he's capable of doing, and I really believe he'll win a world title. People might say, oh, you know, that's a that's a huge statement and stuff, but um, I know what he's capable of, and I know that that we can that we can definitely reach that level been with you for just over a year now um we've we've seen him in two fights it's a stop start, year, a stop so start year of course yeah um we've seen him in two fights against um yeah the, the roller skate and Ghanaian and <laughs> and uh, adam harper last time out so i think it's fair to say that we've not really been able to see or, or admit it admittedly there were some improvements on show against adam harper but how impressed some. Lots and lots of improvements against Adam Harper. But how impressed have you been with him in the gym? I remember doing the com doing an interview with you when he just signed with you a year ago. Where you said you wanted to quicken up the feet. You wanted to just make him a little bit more fluid. Yeah. Impressed with what you've seen behind the scenes? Definitely. Um, his feet have got quicker. He's punching harder. Um, reflexes got better. He's He knows what positions he needs to be. And I think someone like Ant is like, he's, he just he falls into this 
bad position when he's boxing and sort of hunches over and and then that just dis- disengages his feet and it's just making him aware you're in that position get out of it you know and actually being with no crowds it's actually going to be a good thing because he can he can just tune into it and and not sort of see red and and uh, and just fall into bad habits so impressed but there's one thing doing it in a gym another thing doing it at night and we've got a guy that's going to be constantly moving got reasonably quick hands he's not a puncher but he's fit um and he's got he's, he's slick um and i don't think it's stylistically it's not it's not like adam, adam harper was just perfect because he was game as anything coming forward and Ant could sort of tee him up so th- you know we're going to have to be adjusting the feet we're going to have to be you know, getting behind the jab and tracking with the feet rather than just letting someone go walking onto you. But that being said, we've had quality sparring and he's more than prepared for it. That stop start year that you just referenced yeah. there. Um from your you've mentioned in the past and everybody knows you know, Anthony's he's not twenty one, twenty two anymore. He's he's getting on. 30 years young, um, which of course isn't like it was 15, 20 years ago in the sport, but still it is 30. Um, the last 12 months, how, what's the balance between you know having that extra time of working with him in the gym, but also not necessarily being able to get the fights? What, where do you stand with that? Well, he was scheduled to box at the end of last year, but he had a few injuries and a few niggles and um, yeah, he had, to, we, we got him on this rehab program and it's, yeah, every, everything's now sorted out so um it has been a bit you know a bit stop start but he, because he's in a new gym because he's with a new coach he's a, he's adjusting all the time so it's kind of kind of a good thing in this in, in one sense as well but activity is key in this game and you need to stay active um and yeah we just need to get the ball rolling we'll go we'll go out we we'll want to get him out before summer again and um and then after that maybe We'll probably only box one more time at the end of the year, but um, but yeah, depending on where we are, at, where, where we're at with, with his uh, career, then you know, then 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 we'll see. But Saturday night, big win, yeah, a big uh, a big sort of showcase on what he's about, and um, you know, get people behind him. This crowd's hopefully going to be back in July if we can get this Fitzgerald fight. Great if we can get the Sergio Garcia fight amazing but i think either either one of those if he puts on a great uh, fight on saturday puts on a great display it's a headline act in its own right him headlining um for the first time and that that'll be huge i think final one on um anthony fowler i think he actually headlined with jade i think he headlined the next gen show but against brian rose i'm not sure but proper headline yes he did against brian rose lost a lot of money on that fight you what well, bet on Fowler seven to twelve. He hurt him in the final round as well. Yeah, I think he should. Yeah, he should be should have got him out of there. In, in my opinion, so I'm going to go hit him up for some money. Um, final thing on Anthony Fowler. You mentioned kind of him coming to the gym twelve months ago off the back of a loss or the back of a high profile loss. Uh, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, not not directly years, after yeah, that, yeah. but I mean there was a there was a, a a high profile loss in the biggest fight of his career. We've all seen him on social media. We've all heard him and seen him and blah, 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 blah. You know, you? yeah, once or twice. Um, not quite as active as I am sometimes, but anyway. Yeah. Um, does Yeah, it's another story. Does that, the fact that he came to you and people, let's be honest, not, weren't expecting Anthony Fowler to become a world champion. Some, most people arguably still aren't expecting him to become world champion. He does rub some people up the wrong way. Does that kind of 
galvanize you as a trainer make you really want to kind of prove the people not you necessarily proving people wrong but really want you to get him there because people for lack of a better word don't think he can um yes i mean I, you know i like a challenge uh you know i like the fact that i took george on and you know he'd had he had uh, three three failed attempts and obviously we got him over the line and a lot of people thought that he wasn't going to get there um and wrote him off. So that for me was a very rewarding process. And I think someone like Anthony, um, same sort of thing, you know, but he obviously has lost a much earlier stage and more of a domestic level. Um, but it's just, he's got so much un unlocked potential. It's a very hard weight division as well. You know, Charlo's a, he's a big force as well. So we have to, you know, we have to work. We're a long way off from winning the world title, but if we set our, our our mind on that and our sights on that, you know, that's something that I, you know I believe if we get there, it'll be a huge achievement. So, um, and it will prove a lot of people wrong. But yeah, it, it, it's mo I don't really need much motivation when it comes to boxing. I I enjoy my job. I enjoy seeing guys progress. Um, I like to see guys happy in the gym. I like to see them feel like they're improving, and you know that 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 that's enough for me really. So, but obviously, the accolades and all the success coming off the back of it is is just a bonus. And final final one on Anthony Fowler, Amo Williams. We mentioned him briefly yeah. here. He was back in action on the Chocolatito Estrada two undercard this past weekend. Did you see him box? And if you did, what did you make of it? I saw him box. Um, I mean, yeah, he's what's uh, Douglas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he Douglas, sorry. Um, George obviously stopped him. That was before when he was working with Paddy Fitzpatrick. But uh, it it was it was a good name. It was a good scout for him. Did I think he he looked unbe unbeatable? Is no. I mean, I, I thought wide open, punches short. Um, had you know had him hurt a load of times, but went rushing in and you know flicking these silly little arm punches. He used to be able to pick his shots out a bit better. Um, and also he's calling out Anthony Fowler and he's a middleweight, he's weighing in at 163, 162 well off light middleweight if he wants to come down to light middleweight then great but I think he's a young kid um, trying to you know <laughs> trying to start a beef, I mean he's just a typical American fighter that wants to just you know talk it up and really drum, drum up some hype but if he starts coming down to 156 155 for fights He's obviously not making championship weight, but 163 is a long way off from 154. So um, he needs to get he needs to get himself figure out what weight category he wants to fight in. And if that doesn't link up with our our direction, we don't care about Amo Williams. But if he does want to want to get himself down to 154, I think he's more than capable of doing it. I don't think he's that big. I've seen him in, in the purse in, in in the flesh before the Regis uh, progress fight. So I sort of. Obviously, had Taylor versus Program. I looked at him, probably a light middleweight, but he's obviously competing in middle for now. So, if his if his ambitions are to get down to one five four, great, we'll we'll definitely take that fight. And I think um, it's a more than win winnable fight, to be honest. Okay, moving on. The headline event: the Source challenges for the vacant WBO cruiserweight title against Christoph. We're not going to try and pronounce it again. Glavotsky. No, Glavotsky. Glavotsky. I don't. Know what it was we'll, we'll, we'll go with Glavatsky or Glowacki Glowacki real English pronunciation there Glowacki 
Um, tough fight for Lawrence Okoli. Somebody, you know, Lawrence uh, and Glavatsky, somebody who's competed at a very, very high level. Obviously, we saw him knock out Marco Hook all of those years ago. He's boxed Usyk. He's boxed Bradis in Steve kind of a... Steve Cunningham, big Steve Cunningham. You know what I mean? He's good boxing. fighter. Yeah. Um, he sort of upset Al Heyman's big sort of thing with, uh, with Marco Hook. Uh, he beat Steve Cunningham. He's lost on points to, to Usyk. In Usyk's tenth fight, I think it was, uh, but Usyk is, you know, he's probably the best cruiserweight, um, one of the best. Him, Holyfield, and, and Hay are probably the best three, three cruiserweights to go through, um, to go through that sort of the professional sort of new era of, of cruiserweights. So obviously, it used to be a bit of a different weight category, um, and yeah, and then obviously his other loss is to Bradis, who's the un, you know, undisputed or you know, unified. It wasn't, un- no, no, because the WBC is McCarthy. But yeah, I mean, he should have had the WBR on the, on the line as well, but, but it was ruled a non contest. Hence the reason we're here. Uh, and yeah, great, great. It's a, it's a, it's a big, big scalp. If Lawrence beats him, no matter whichever way, it's, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge name on, the, on, on Lawrence's record after 16 fights. And obviously it's for the world title. So, um, Massive, massive. Just, uh, just looking forward to it. Just, you know, it's all, all of the uh, done a lot of interviews today, and obviously drummed it up. But, you know, we've. Yeah, there's only so much sparring you can do. There's only so much preparation you can do. Lawrence has only sh- showed really, in one in that last performance, what he's really capable of, and actually maintaining the distance, setting things up, not smothering his work. And he's always got the win up until now, but he's really coming in to fulfill his potential. Um, Glovotsky is going to be a very hard fight in terms of to stylistically look like, you know, perfect because he sits back, he makes you fall short, he wings big shots over, over the top. So you can't you can't fall in, you can't throw out lazy shots, you can't hold that hand out. He's got you know he's got his punches long. Whips them over, as I said, whips them over the top, and you know you can punch in either hand. He's got a decent right hook, big long left hook over the top as well. So um, it's not it's not an easy fight, especially after fifteen fights, and especially after being like your fortieth contest as a as a professional and amateur boxer. It's a huge huge step up. But if there's a champion that's beatable at the moment, and it, well, he's not a champion now, but a former world champion, and for a world title but this is the one. You know, he has vulnerabilities there. And um, yeah, and he's been inactive since what was it? I think it's like June twenty nineteen. I think it was June or July twenty nineteen. So it's a long time out of the ring, and it, this is all stacking up in our favour. Also had COVID as well. Yeah, but he wouldn't be doing. He wouldn't be fighting now if 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 it wasn't if he wasn't fit and ready. Obviously, I think it was like nine nine or ten, nine days maybe nine or eight days before the before the last fight in December the. The twelve, so that would have been what the third or the fourth. We got the call that um, that he was out. So, I mean, I had COVID as well. So it took me about two and a half, three weeks to really flush it out. Everyone's different, but um, yeah, I mean, he's at that stage in his career now. Uh, Glavotsky is that he wouldn't kill himself in the gym for sparring. Um, he won't kill himself when it comes to doing all the road work and he'll be just doing enough and with the inactivity and and 
I believe potentially training within himself, you know, to, to sort of to, to sort of go through the motions to get ready for a fight. It's yeah, it's it's not putting him in a in in a in a perfect situation. I mean, look, we had the same sort of thing with with Luke out in, out in Dallas. You know, we didn't have a fight. Um, we didn't have a we didn't have a win under our belt before going into the Ryan Garcia fight, and I think even even though it was ruled a it's a loss on his record, but the WBO ruled it a non contest or whatever. It's like it's still a knockout loss, and now you're going in against the guy that's buzzing on great form. There's a yeah. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of negatives of ours in his camp. That's for sure. Now, obviously, without over divulging your your master plan, so to speak, ahead of the weekend, um, you've spoken on numerous instances about kind of making Lawrence a more well-rounded fighter. We all know about Lawrence's big sledgehammer right hand that he's thrown since he was an amateur, but you've obviously worked on other facets of his game. But a marauding southpaw, somebody who likes to come forward, surely the right hand is going to be a key weapon for Lawrence on Saturday night. Yeah, southpaws, when you're an awful at start, your right hand's shorter to the target. So Lawrence likes fighting southpaws. I mean, you know, he was in Repton and he used to spar James Branch all the time. Um, so he's buzzing that it's a southpaw. But Glowacki or Glowacki is sits back a lot more. Um, you know, lets you fall short. So I actually think the jab's going to be a key, a key one for this fight. And you know, right hooks to the body as well, sinking them in downstairs because he sort of dips a lot. Um, and you know, if we can, if we can target that body early on, um, then yeah, I'm not obviously not going to not going to go into full detail, even though he's probably not going to be going to be watching his interviews. But there's there's a lot of shots that we need to watch out for. But I've seen the way he tracks people and I know which way we're going and I know what shots I think are going to work. But once again, if he gets launched, gets caught with it with a big shot, fight can sway it when they when they're walking in the ring at what, fifteen stone or whatever, you know, it only takes it only takes a half shot to completely change and discombobulate you and, and get you off, off track. So um but I'm really confident. You know, th- 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 this is this is the first fight of Lawrence's like career in terms of where he's really up against it, but but it's also going to be the first fight that people actually start really taking notice of, of what he can do. Now, as you know, I had Lawrence Acoli on the Boxing Social podcast recently. Everybody go watch it. It's on the Boxing Social YouTube channel, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please go check it out. Um, he had an interesting story about a sparring bonus that was introduced by yourself. £500 per knockdown. If somebody can knock him down once or twice, it's a grand. Um, I, never, I said just... Just drop him. I said, if anyone can drop him, five hundred quid. We'll put a five hundred quid bonus out there, and it's good. It's a good incentive. I mean, I've been criticised in the past for having too many gym wars, but you know, I've always got people in the right position to to win and put on their best performances. So um, my methods are that that are of that sort of nature. Prepare as you mean to go on. And uh, and spar hard because that's that's the right way to get yourself tu- you know tuned into to really being alert. Um, and we've had Enrico Moses Atuma, we've had Carol Atuma, we've had Thomas Carty, and we've had Shukran in as well. Um, so he's Afghanistan born, but he now he now resides in like um, Moscow, but I think he boxes a lot of time in G- in Germany. So we've had four sparring partners in all Southport. All quick um, and all really going there. You know they're only in there for two rounds, so 
they're winging from their boots. So we've had a we've had brilliant, brilliant sparring. The last camp we brought a guy called Mihai Mihai Nista in, who obviously knocked out AJ in 2011. Didn't choose to bring him back because it was too physical for for the it was too much grappling, too much sort of man. I mean, he was walking around at 115 or something, and you know he's just uh, he it was just. It was just too much. The the clock was being killed too too much. You know what I mean, there's too much sort of smothering from the pair of them. So um, you know, all all of these four guys like to punch at distance and and sort of have speed about them as well. So I I feel like we're we're really prepared. Lawrence never paid out any money. Um, so so yeah. He never paid out any money, although now he's a published author and a rapper. I'm he sure he's got plenty of it. Because he pays for his sparring partners, but he never paid out any bonuses, as I should say. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's a rapper. He's an, I, don't, I don't know about the, either of the rapping or the author, to be honest. I think, you know, I, I wound him up the other day. He said, oh, it's a self-help book. I says, well, you know, think about, like, if I was your opponent reading that book, can I not get into your psyche? And he went, oh, shit, I never thought about that. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anyway. Um, but no, I mean... He should have. He should have sort of released it after winning. So <laughs> Jumped the gun a little bit there, didn't he? You look like you have a lot of fun with Lawrence. Um, obviously, yeah. I've seen you with a lot of fighters in the past, um, current fighters, past fighters, etc. You look like you have a lot of fun with him. You look like when you train him, when you're around him, that you have a lot of fun. You enjoy being around him. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I beat him at chess as well, like I did today. <laughs> um, no, he's, he, he's he's a good laugh. Yeah, I mean, he is a good laugh. Got a great sense of humour. He's got um, one of his best mates, Gerdas, as well. Um, he's a he's a proper good character as well. So um, he brings a great energy to the gym. You know, I've had many people in the past that just dampen it, and they're either too serious or you know, they just we don't have the same sort of banter. But um, but no, he's 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 funny. I really get on with him, and you know, I feel like I'm not really served my time, but. Yeah, I've been in this this coaching business long enough that I feel like you know I need to be able to enjoy my time with uh, with fighters, and uh, he's definitely one that I really enjoy training. Final one on Lawrence Akoli. We've we've heard of everybody's seen his his punching power. We've heard everybody talk about it. I spoke to Chris earlier. Chris said that he was probably the hardest single puncher that he's been in the ring with. Where does Lawrence match up with? For example, David Hay. I know this is a question you've been asked before this week, but I'm going to ask it again. I put it out on my Instagram yesterday. <laughs> Are you just asking questions that I put out? For, yeah. I've run out of things to ask you, I think. So I'm now taking your own questions and yeah. using them against you. Um, look, I got a I got a David Hay that was that yeah that wasn't as 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 athletic and as as robust as he was when he was a cruiserweight and and when he was sort of tearing through everybody at heavyweight so it's hard to, hard to say he'd just come off a major operation whenever I linked up with him David's power gradually got better um, because David's power generated from his speed was he as quick as he was when he was a cruiserweight no was he as quick as he was when he boxed like Monty Barrett uh, Jean Ruiz absolutely not either so I could feel the weight of the shots but it was it was the speed that was sort of frightening and um you know and Lawrence is more of a an attritional heavy-handed like thumpy power and i believe i've really sped him up um so that's why i think he's actually probably surpassing all of the guys i've had on the pads um i've had one person on the pads but I'm, i can't talk about that experience because 
we didn't end up working together, but he could bang as well. But I feel like Lawrence, yeah, he's he's consistent with his power. Maybe we'll tell that other story one day. Maybe.